morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Thursday, April 21st. What East County residents are calling unchecked racism. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The San Diego Metropolitan Transit System will no longer require masks on buses or trolleys. The agency made the announcement on Wednesday. The move follows guidance from the Federal Transit Administration and the California Department of Public Health. MTS is still encouraging people to mask up and practice social distancing if possible. They also advise anyone who has symptoms of COVID-19 to take preventative measures and not ride public transit. The city of San Diego wants residents to help it identify barriers that would-be business owners find when trying to enter the legal cannabis market. The city announced on Wednesday that it plans to host a series of meetings to ask people exactly that. There will be eight in-person listening sessions at community centers, public libraries, and other public meeting spaces. You can find a calendar of the listening sessions on the city website. San Diego State University officials broke ground on a 34-acre river park in Mission Valley on Wednesday. The river park is designed to help control flooding along the San Diego River and promote native species. Robert Hutzel is with the San Diego River Park Foundation. He says the project is a key piece of the plan to reconnect the entire San Diego River watershed. It's nearly a mile long of a 52-mile long vision. Imagine that. I've been working on this for more than 20 years. SDSU officials hope the river park will be ready by the end of next year, but they say it may not get done until 2024. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. On Tuesday night at a town hall meeting in Lakeside, the sheriff's department told community members that a 16-year-old white boy who they believed stabbed a 16-year-old black girl over the weekend was arrested on Monday. They booked him on charges of attempted murder and a hate crime allegation. Community members attending the town hall say the attack is yet another example of unchecked racism in East County. Midday Edition host Jade Hindman spoke about the incident with KPBS Race and Equity reporter Christina Kim. First, how is the 16-year-old girl who was stabbed doing? Right. Because the girl is a minor, her name has not been released, and her immediate family was not present at the town hall last night. What we do know is that she was released from the hospital where she was taken by paramedics on Saturday night. According to a longtime San Diego activist who's in touch with the family, Tasha Williamson, her mother is taking care of the victim, and the girl has suffered a collapsed lung. Hmm. Can you tell us what is known about the violent attack that happened in Lakeside on Saturday? According to authorities, an incident took place sometime on Saturday between the 16-year-old black victim and the 16-year-old white boy before the alleged violent assault. No more information has really been released on what happened beforehand. But what we do know and what the authorities have said is that at 11 p.m., the assailant attacked the 16-year-old black girl, stabbing her two times in the back while allegedly yelling racist slurs. He was accompanied by a group of three adults and another minor who witnesses say were also yelling racist slurs. 
Lieutenant Ray, who heads up the Lakeside substation, says they're also under investigation. And the sheriff's department charged the 16-year-old white boy who they believe stabbed a 16-year-old victim, but community members say that adults who are believed to have been present during the attack, didn't stop it, and are also alleged to have yelled racial slurs. Uh, They're saying they should also be charged. What can you tell us about that? Right. That's something I heard a lot last night in the two-hour community meeting. You know, people were upset. And one thing that community members kept on saying over and over again is, we understand that the minor has been arrested and is going to be charged. But what about the three adults? What responsibility do they bear as their guardians and as adults who are witnessing the situation and really not standing in the way? What was said by Lisa Weinreb, who's the chief deputy of the juvenile branch of the district attorney's office, is that even though it's horrific behavior, she said. She can't prosecute a parent for standing by. She says the law specifically dictates that if someone's a bystander and does nothing more, then it's not a crime. I think where people were getting especially emotive is that this hate crime allegation, right? And once again, a hate crime, you can't be prosecuted for a hate crime just for using hate speech. That alone is not enough of of a crime to be prosecuted for under this hate crime allegation. So I think all of those things were kind of getting swirled and really impacting the community and, and making them just really upset at what happened. And let's talk about that a bit more. What did community members you spoke with have to say about how this fits into a pattern of racism in East County? This was something was repeated a lot last night, was just black people from all over San Diego County saying that the minute they either moved to San Diego from outside of California, outside of San Diego, or or even growing up here, they just constantly have heard that East County is racist. There's all this kind of rhetoric about not feeling safe and about really not venturing out towards East County. Danielle Wilkerson, who's the co-founder of the East County BIPOC, she was raised in East County, and she said the following... And it is a running joke that East County is racist. You've heard Clan T, you've heard White Hills, you've heard all of the things that people put a layer of humor on top of, but that humor is damaging because the racism is real, the racism is alive, and we have a victim this week from heinous acts of violence. So what has the victim's family had to say about how this crime is being handled by authorities? Yes. Again, the family was not present at last night's town hall meeting, but according to Tasha Williamson and Danielle Wilkerson of East County BIPOC, they said that the family doesn't believe that all the witnesses were probably questioned at the time of the incident and that they were upset that the suspect's home wasn't searched. Furthermore, they say that the family really wants to see the three adults charged as well as the minor, and they want to see if there's any federal charges that can be brought forth due to the incident. And that was KPBS Race and Equity reporter Christina Kim speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Hindman. North County is one of the most diverse regions in San Diego, and with it comes diverse growth. Supervisor Jim Desmond gave an update on the state of the North County on Wednesday. KPBS reporter Tanya Thorne was there. North County elected officials, community members, law enforcement, and volunteers filled the El Corazon Senior Center in Oceanside on Wednesday. San Diego County Supervisor Jim Desmond held a State of the North County address for the first time. From the Pacific Ocean with Carlsbad and Oceanside, we've got the beautiful beaches, we've got high tech, we got biotech, we got very high income jobs here in North County. 
Desmond spoke about the growth North County has seen in different sectors, but spent the majority of the time touching on what's to come. Homelessness was a key topic, and Desmond said his office has focused on mental health services and homeless prevention to combat the problem. Other areas Desmond proposes to work on are child and family safety, affordable housing, drug overdose prevention, and infrastructure. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. The head of the VA was in San Diego on Wednesday. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh says he touted the VA's homeless strategy and outreach to women. VA Secretary Dennis McDonough met with veterans in Oceanside and San Marcos before talking to reporters at the main VA in La Jolla. The hospital is being renamed for Captain Jennifer Moreno, a local combat vet who died in 2013. I asked him why don't more women feel comfortable using VA health care. I think that unfortunately that there's been experiences that uh, too often women experience where they, women veterans, highly decorated, come to get their care at the VA and somebody approaches them and says, hey, are you here with your dad? Are you here with your husband? Are you here with your boyfriend? That's dated thinking. He added San Diego has among the highest percentage of women veterans in the country. McDonough was asked to come to San Diego by Congressman Mike Levin. The two met behind closed doors with vet advocates before touring the National Cemetery at Fort Rosecrans. Steve Walsh, KPBS News. Help is on the way for San Diego County military families in need of resources and some fun. KPBS reporter M.G. Perez has more on a drive through giveaway happening this afternoon. April is the month of the military child. Many of those children need support to cope when their military parents are on deployment or constantly relocating their families for service assignments. The Cohen Clinic VVSD provides families with mental health services and other resources. Thursday afternoon, the clinic will host the We Love Our Mill drive through giveaway with free meals and entertainment. Outreach coordinator Jenny Lynn Stroop says San Diego military families are sometimes overwhelmed when trying to find programs to help them. We often have so many that folks don't know where to go when they need something. So we are hoping to bridge that gap and, you know, bring them some great services and some fun. The drive through event is happening in the parking lot of National University in Kearney Mesa from 2 to 5 p.m. Thursday. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Coming up, local researchers are looking at San Diego's wetlands for a solution to climate change. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, 
we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Last year, a partnership called Tiny Gardens began as a way to get food and the means to grow it to people during the pandemic. KPBS's John Carroll reports on how the program has held up for a second year. In the parking lot of Bayside Community Center in Linda Vista, there was more soil, seeds, and plant seedlings than cars on this Wednesday. It's a partnership between Bayside and Supervisor Nathan Fletcher called Tiny Gardens. Fifty cars were loaded with a bag of soil, along with a tomato and cilantro plant, drip tray, and a watering can. Supervisor Fletcher says the gardens help people and the planet. If you can locally grow, you're going to get access to fresh produce and, and vegetables. You're also going to, going to have a positive environmental impact of not trucking things across the country or across the world. And it's not as hard as it seems. Student volunteers from High Tech High in Claremont helped with the hardest part, shoveling all that soil into all those bags. John Carroll, KPBS News. San Diego researchers working to stave off the worst impacts of global warming are looking for answers in the region's wetlands. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson says cattails could be part of the answer. San Diego's Batiquitos Lagoon sits right beside one of the region's busiest highways, Interstate 5. But it's the gently swaying stalks of cattails that have captured the interest of two researchers, at the Salk Institute for Biological Studies. So you can see how hard it is to dig out. That's why it really holds the sediment extremely well. Joseph Noel watches his colleague Todd Michael use a small hand shovel to cut into the dirt around the base of a cattail stem. Michael lifts up a newly liberated plant. This is an example, it's still alive, so you can see a new shoot is forming. The plant's roots are coated in a sticky black mud. The rich, wet dirt is created by the constant push and pull of this coastal wetland environment. Michael says saltwater regularly flows into the estuary, pushing back and even killing the freshwater cattails. The ones that replace them grow over the dead, and that creates the sediment. So this is the rhizome, and it's hard to see because it's all muddy. The rhizome is an underground stem that grows sideways, much like the roots of grass found in Southern California yards, but it's not what Noel is interested in. Turns out that wetland plants, plants that have wet feet, either like this or even fully submerged, they make a lot of subarin, particularly in their roots. And subarin has the salt team's attention. Subarin is a waxy layer covering small root structures. It helps cattails regulate water. They can block the salt water and allow fresh water in. Michael says the subarin covered appendages are full of carbon molecules. Plants are naturally carbon accumulating um, machines, right? They suck carbon dioxide out of the air. All this right here is, you know, all this biomass is basically just carbon. And the carbon molecules in Subarin don't break down when the plant dies. Noel says the carbon lingers in the mucky sediment. You can almost see it, it's, all, all the, it's very dark and black, so it's full of carbon. In fact, I bet if you dug down 
you know, up to 10 feet below this, depending on how long this existed, it would be a huge amount of carbon that's stored. Noel and Michael have sequenced the cattail genome, and they hope to transfer that plant's ability to make suberin into crop plants like corn and sorghum. With these new gene editing technologies, we really think we're going to be able to go into these crop plants and tweak them, and so the roots will have more of this substance. The impact could be huge. Crop plants with the modified roots could pull as much as a quarter of the planet's excess carbon out of the air. That's enough to have a real impact on climate change. This is a key part of the Salk Institute's Harnessing Plants initiative, and Michael says cattails, or typha, have other traits that could make plants more resilient. Each cattail makes 300,000 plus seeds. And if you've ever seen a cattail release its seeds, it looks like snow. And all of those seeds have the potential to be a new, um, a new stand of typho. But the habitat that is so efficient at storing carbon has been under assault for decades. Darren Smith is a senior environmental scientist with the California State Parks. He says urbanization has eliminated 90% of the state's coastal wetlands. There's, there's been a big change with people. You know, I think wetlands were something almost like an oasis early on in California where you just didn't run into fresh water very often. And those same wetlands that are giving researchers hope about slowing climate change are under a lot of stress. Smith says people are making it hard for the habitat to adapt. You know, we built right up to them. We built the watersheds and we built right up to the edges of them. And so for them to, to do what they do, to you know retreat or for the water to back up and form new vegetated wetlands further upstream, there's just got to be the space to do it. Researchers say giving the habitat space allows scientists extra time to find other plant traits that could play a role in reducing the speed of climate change. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. And that's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.